What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back to the Craig Way Show and the voice of the Longhorns, Craig Way. Follow Craig on social media at Horn Voice. We've got some other things to get to here before we're done, and we will keep you updated on that Rangers-Astros game, which is nearing first pitch time. We'll let you know how uh, that goes. So uh, that's coming up. But right now we did want to bring you the second part of the Monday news conference that you hear live uh, with at 11 a.m. or just past 11 a.m. with uh, Longhorns head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Before we get to that, I do want to give you that keyword. I told you that I would do that. See Lil Uzi Vert at uh, Moody Center on November 9th. So what you do is you go to am1300thezone.com and enter the keyword. What's today's keyword? Uzi. 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 That's the keyword. Enter the designated keyword at am1300thezone.com for your chance to win. Today's keyword is Uzi. And good luck from AM1300 The Zone. Now, the second part of that Sark presser. Steve, how's uh, how's Anthony Hill progressing at weak side linebacker? And what, if anything, did you learn or tweak about your two-minute defense? Yeah, you know, Anthony has, has really continued to grow. Um, he's not a finished product yet, um, but he really works at it. He loves football. Um, like I said, you know, we've, we've asked a lot of him here in the first half of the season at multiple positions and different styles of whether it was rushing the quarterback, spying the quarterback, playing normal linebacker. Um, and I think he's continued to improve. Uh, he's definitely got playmaking ability. He plays the game of football the way it's supposed to be played. He plays with fanatical effort. So, you know, hopefully we see, we continue to see that growth out of him and, and utilize him uh, in a way that uh, can help the football team. Uh, you know, from a two minute standpoint, you know, as I went back and watched that, that, that last drive and a couple of these drives, and I think one, we have to t- we have to improve our tackling in two minute. You know, um, I think it was the second play of that drive two weeks ago. We had an opportunity to get the receiver down in bounds, um, and we we don't leverage the ball very well. You know, we don't get them on the ground. You let the receiver get out of bounds. Well, when you get out of bounds, you can stop the clock. Now teams can run whatever play they want to run. So I think one thing is to zone drop right. Another is to is to keep your pass rush lanes clean, which is something that we've talked about. And then the third component to that is you have to tackle well um and so all that added up to in the end of that drive which i think is is mildly important and it kind of came up in the middle of the drive too our communication has got to be on point so all those things add up to i'm not 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 that hey you as coaches we always want to make the perfect call and the best call and, and i get all that but at the end of the day we still have to execute the call and there's a lot of levels to execution um, one of which is communication, everybody on the same page. Two is doing our job, man zone coverage, pass rush lanes. But then three, we, we still have to continue to tackle. We can't relax. And I thought that those were a couple areas where uh, I think we can improve. 
Coach, um, why do you think this this like offense, which is so electric, has struggled in the red zone? And kind of what are some areas that you think you can? How do you improve that? We just we have to game plan better and we have to execute better. It, it's not you know that there's no you know secret sauce to this deal. You know, I mean, I, I think that our players. Um, buy in and trust and believe in what we do and clearly it shows when we can create explosive plays and move the ball and execute um and in the end you know i i think ultimately you, you kind of do a, an audit on yourself there halfway through the season at different aspects of the game um and, and we just need to make sure that from a game planning perspective and what we're asking of our players in game and then ultimately what i'm calling uh that everybody has the utmost confidence in those things to, to go do that which I don't doubt that everybody does, but ultimately it comes down to the execution of it all. So I think it's three levels to it. You know, what, are, what are we putting in each week and what are we game planning? What are we practicing in practice? Two, then what are we calling? And are we giving our players the looks in practice for the potential looks that they could get in game? And then three, the execution of those plays in the moment. So um, it's it's no different than than any other aspect of the game. And sometimes we can make a little more out of that than it is. It's just about trusting who we are and then going out and executing it and doing it at a high level. A lot of your explosive plays this year have been runs. What's kind of the ingredients to making a run play and turn into an explosive play? Well, I think one, the plan, right? I mean, we've got to make sure that the runs that we're calling predicated on the defenses and the fronts that we're getting um, are playing into our strengths, but also hopefully taking advantage of maybe a weakness in theirs, whether it's a personnel weakness or a, a schematic weakness. I think, too, uh, our RPO game is really effective. And so that the fact that people have to defend our RPOs because, you know, whether it's, it's Xavier, Jordan, um, AD, even our tight ends have gotten involved in our RPO game to create explosive plays. Three, the threat of those guys in the, in the pass game, the play-action pass game, and people are obviously very concerned about with us, you know, throwing the ball over their heads and are playing a little bit more of a conservative approach. Uh, in turn, if you put all that together and you block the front well, that's creating space and running lanes for, for our runners, most notably Jonathan, and he, he's taking advantage of it. Uh, I think the last piece that sometimes our guys don't get enough credit for, not every run play we call is an RPO. And we ask a lot of our receivers in blocking downfield, uh, and that block is really the one that creates the explosive play right? Uh, that block on the safety, that block on the corner backside uh, might be that might be that block that's, that springs a long run. So I think it all comes together. Um, and there's a lot of value to that um, of if we want to be a complete offense here in the second half of the season, we got to run it. We got RPO people. We got to play past people. We got to throw it. We got to do all those things to make it really difficult to where hopefully a defensive coordinator feels like, then I got to pick my poison, right? How, how do I want this to go? And then we execute and we call the plays that in a timely fashion and that the quarterback makes good decisions to take advantage of those things. Hey, Coach, kind of piggybacking on the Anthony Hill question earlier. Uh, Hill, Muhammad, Derek Williams have all played a lot of snaps. How much might their roles expand in the second half of the season, if at all? Well, I mean, I... I think they'll expand to some degree, but that degree is a lot of going to be dictated on how do they continue to improve? Um, you know, where's their level of understanding week in and week out, their mental preparation, their practice habits. Two, a lot of that's going to depend on some of the guys that they're competing for playing time with. How do they practice? How do they prepare? 
I want a highly competitive team. I want guys that are fighting for snaps and, and doing all the things necessary to earn to earn playing time and to and to earn snaps because we're a better team when we play more players, right? Uh, that that's how you're fresh in the fourth quarter and and you can play that style of football for for sixty minutes. And so, uh, but they're they're going to earn those things, you know, predicated on like I said, their mental preparation in the game plan, their ability to exhibit that in practice to give us the confidence to put them out there more. Uh, and then ultimately when it comes down to time to play, how they play in those moments. And so, um, but, but again, all those guys have earned it up until this point, they've done a good job and hopefully they can continue to progress. Coaches, you watch football this weekend. What was the most impressive thing you saw from a college football game? And do you ever find yourself watching an offensive formation or a play and say, ooh, we're going to take that. We're going to put it in this week. Do coaches do that? Do you steal from other coaches? I, I'm, a, I'm a really honest person. I do it all the time. I, I, don't, I do not pretend to have invented football, okay? Uh, I think, you know, first of all, I'll answer that part first. I watch football, like I said, as a fan first. I, I think it's we have a beautiful game. It's a great sport, especially college football, the, the 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 pageantry of the game, the excitement of the game, and to watch the the Washington Oregon game, to watch the you know Notre Dame SC game and to see that the excitement in those stadiums. I mean that that's what it's all about. Uh but two, I, I, I watch it from a lens of a coach of just trying to get ideas, you know, it may not be the exact play, but it could spurn an idea. And like I said, I don't pretend to walk in here like, you know, everything comes to me with with this cloud in my head in the morning. It's a lot of times it's watching somebody else do something like, oh, we could do that, but it would fit us better if we did it out of this personnel or this formation. So um, I do watch the games like that, but it was great watching football this weekend. We, we've got a great sport. I think college football right now is as popular as it's been in a long, long time. You can feel it in the fans. You can feel it in the excitement. Um, I think this is going to be a great half to the second half of the season of college football. Um, I think there's more parity now than there's been in a long, long time. And so uh, a lot of people are probably looking at the second half of the season thinking we've got an opportunity to do something special. We're no different. Um, but, but everybody's got to go handle their business accordingly, you know, one week at a time. Steve, on that note, can you describe the feeling you get when you watch your former players excel in the NFL, specifically with what Bijan's been able to do this year? Yeah, no, I, I, I it's, it's amazing. You know, um, we have an idea as coaches of maybe how guys will translate to the NFL. It's a little bit of a different game, obviously. Um, but, but his skill set is so unique, you know, and, and when you can make people miss in a phone booth, uh, and then get to top speed, it doesn't matter what league you're in. He, he doesn't lose that skill set that he has. And so, um, I, I think the one thing every time I've, you know, I've bumped into a couple of scouts from the Falcons who have been at practice is, they say the same thing I used to say for the last two years here. He's a better person than he is player. And, you know, so Bijan is still being Bijan, whether it's off the field and or on the field. And, and I think that that's as exciting as ever. But seeing all those guys go out there and compete at a high level, um, the NFL games are a little bit more difficult for us to see and to watch because we're game planning on Sundays. But, um, you know, I was, they always make sure they make me a little bit of a highlight of those guys so I can, I can see him and, and get a chance to reach out to him and check in on him. Sark, you mentioned getting uh, out on the road to recruit. How was it just getting back out on the road? And then what changed to your recruiting plan, if any, does the, uh, the elimination of the initial counter limits going forward do? Yeah, you know, so they did change the rules for us with the number of days that we get to go out in fall. Um, 
And that's probably affected me as much or more than anybody where you, you, know, you guys know I like to go to games on Thursday nights and get out and, and see guys play. But, you know, the NCAA has cut those days in half uh, and not just for us. I'm talking, you know, for the entire country. Um, so for us to be able to get out this weekend, I loved it. You know, I love getting to games. I love watching guys compete when they're ahead, when they're behind. How do they warm up? Um, and I got to see some really good football players this weekend that uh, I'm excited uh, that we get to continue to recruit. So um, hopefully I get a few more chances, you know, what, what our recruiting team tells us. But it really is a lot more difficult now. You just can't get out and go to a game because you want to go to a game. We, we have to be uh, – it has to make sense for, for to send a coach or to send me to a ball game to go watch. It really doesn't affect us that way as much. You know, they kind of had – pseudo last year and now they just made it permanent um i think it makes sense now with the transfer portal um let's it's 85 let's just be at 85 and whatever you got to do to to field your roster um because it gets difficult when you have guys going in the portal after spring ball there's no more high school kids to sign and so if you need to fill voids on your roster through the portal it gives you the opportunity to do that on the hail mary question uh, how often you practice it, and do you teach your guys to knock it down or go for the interception? And has it worked against you? Yeah, um, you just you just like spurning my side. I, 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 <laughs> um, so we we do practice it every Friday. Um, we, we go through the hail mary scenarios, the end of the game scenarios, which are a lot of them. Sometimes it's a must out of bounds for a field goal, different things of that nature. You know the the uh, the hurry up field goal kick, uh, all those kinds of things. We do that on every Friday. We obviously we implement them throughout training camp, and then every Friday we we go through those situations. Uh, we do teach our guys to knock that ball down uh, in in that situation. Um, I have uh, I've caught one hail mary as a coach in my career, not me personally, but our team, and I've I've lost a game uh, on a hail mary in my career. Uh, Arizona State against USC. Uh, in 2014 and might have cost us a chance to win a, a championship. So uh, I, I'll never forget that one. The Hail Mary we caught happened to be at the end of the half against Oregon State when I was there. So you never know, man. Those plays, you just try to execute them the right way. And, um, you know, our, our guys offensively are trying to get to their spots. And then defensively, you're just trying to knock that ball down and, and uh, get to, uh, you know, preserve the win. Oh, and the uh, no, for right now, normally it's Ryan Watts, and, and he's a little bit down. So, you know, Derek Williams gets back there now. He, he can go get it. When I was in the NFL, Julio Jones used to actually go in on defense, and he was that guy. So it doesn't have to be necessarily a defensive player, but a guy who's got a high football IQ uh, that can go high point that ball. And there it is, the weekly conversation, the weekly news conference from uh, Longhorns head coach, Steve Sarkeesian. They are underway in Houston. The Rangers already taking advantage of mistakes by Frommer Valdez and uh, the Houston Astros. Uh, leading off the game, Marcus Simeon got a, a base hit past a diving Jeremy Pena at, at short in the shallow left. Then uh, Corey Seager blooped a single to very shallow left. And Robbie Grossman in the lineup instead of Evan Carter hit what should have been a relatively routine comebacker to the mound, but Frommer Valdez bobbled it and then turned and fired wildly through on the first. It actually went behind Grossman, the runner coming down, and that allowed Simeon to score, Seager to third, and Grossman at second. So the Rangers are out to a one nothing lead with nobody out and two 
in scoring position. We'll keep you updated on that. We'll be back to wrap up today's program here on AM 13 Under the Zone. At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to keep you moving. With a full range of services from oil changes and tire rotations to filters, wipers, and more, we've got what your car needs, so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Visit JiffyLube.com to find a service center near you. 